Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Somos Mas, the official podcast of Somos Mas NM, and your source for the latest news on New Mexico United and weekly sports discussion from around the sports world. My name, of course, is Seth Bedoff. Joining me this week on our show, we have the one, the only, Jacob Terrell, and we've got the indomitable Earl Nieto. Guys, how are you guys doing? It's been a fantastic week. Um, we're, Match week one finally happened, and we're kicking off our show this week with our, a new format. We're going to talk New Mexico United to start off. That way we can get this information out to the public as soon as we possibly can, and then we'll can continue recording a general sports discussion later on in the show. That way we can have that broadcast later in the week. Um, match week, Well, I guess technically match week two, if you go by the league calendar, match week two is in the books. United kicked off their their season this past week. And I know that we were all kind of disappointed. Burning question of the week. Would you rather start the season with a win and then lose like the next couple matches or have negative results the next couple weeks? Or would you rather start the season with a loss and then turn it around? That's a good question. Um, I think I'm going to side with what's going on now and start the season with a loss because there's 31 weeks left or 30 weeks left or whatever the hell the count is. Um, so there's plenty of time to right the ship and stop hitting the panic button. Um, if you are an El Paso or Phoenix fan, you can go to hell. <laughs> that did not take long at all. Earl, welcome back to the show. Earl obviously was not here last week. So, uh, Earl, it's, we're, we're glad to have you back. And uh, Are we? Your, your, your are takes we? are. Yeah, I think so. I am. <laughs> you know, Earl, Earl's takes are fantastic. So uh, thank you, Earl, for, for kicking our show off that way. I think it's going to be a, a very fun show tonight. He is the Stephen A. Smith of this podcast, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> I do agree with him, though. Um, out of the two options that you give us, uh, losing the first one and then winning a couple or having positive results, as you said, uh, after the fir- or for the second and third match, definitely better than a law or a win and then then a couple of questionable results. But it still sucks. Still really sucks losing this first one. Yeah, unfortunately, this is the third year in a row that United has not started the season with a win. Uh, you kind of hope that the club would break that at some point. And I know that this past weekend, it was RGV's first time winning on an opening weekend. So you've got uh, two different sets of feelings going on there. You know, obviously you want to start the season down on the, on the positive note. You don't want to have, you know, the, the negative, the negative feelings and aura around, around the club, especially after how promising the preseason ended. You know, we ended with a fantastic, with a great win over Phoenix Rising on the road, and then you know the three prior wins to that. And you know, Jacob, you and I were talking on the show last week. We had our predictions in there. You know, you said four nil, I said three nil. I'm going to ask you straight up: Were you overconfident in how the match would go? Did you overestimate RGV? I don't know. Like, um, I rewatched the match last night. And I don't, I still don't know what to make of it. I still don't know if it was, if it was RGV being better than I thought, um, or if it was just us just coming out and just laying an absolute ache. Uh, 
Uh, it was it was a rough watch. I'm not gonna lie. It a lot of bad passes, a lot of sloppy play in the midfield, which and then a lot of timidness. And I didn't expect to see that. I mean, I came out, said we were gonna win four nil, thought we were gonna make a statement, and then just nothing from the attack and nothing from the Jake, midfield. Okay, can I have you hold your thought real quick? So I have a fan watching today, and I just got a text asking about the fucking llama. So I gotta at least put it on and acknowledge the fucking llama. (laughs) So, ladies and gentlemen, this is for my wife, because she buys me stupid things, such as this llama. And you know what? I'm hoping it brings good luck for next weekend. So that's about as far as the llama goes. Um... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it's just a, a a belated Easter dress up for you, Earl. I think that's what that. Well, is. you see, I like llamas, that, and my that wife knows I like llamas, and she was trying to trying to be sweet and and sentimental and 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 shit. And that's what I got. <laughs> Sorry about that. Carry on. Carry on. Oh man, this show carry on. Carry on. Start. Welcome back, Earl. Welcome back. <laughs> This is the best. You don't get this kind of llama talk any other podcast, guys. This is why you come here. It's for the llama talk. Um, but anyways, as I was saying, the llamas, the bees, the the magic. Yeah, you know, we we do it all. The here wrestling. I mean, we we really are moss. We really are more. Um, we absolutely are. Yeah. If you're if you're here in the chat with us, you know, you can of course you know. Again, we, we talk about you can be part of the show, get, uh, shoot your questions, your comments in there, and we'll answer them throughout the show. Uh, if you want to see Earl put his hat back on, tell us that too. We, we'd love to have that. Um, I think that'd be a great a great visual for the, for the YouTube folks. It, it's on demand. It's on demand. So if I see it in the chat, put the hat back on or llama or anything like that. Um, we have five people watching, so there's five opportunities to get this llama hat back on. <laughs> looking forward to seeing that throughout the night uh so again please join in the, the discussion with us um earl it was it was brought to my attention last week that you sent in a prediction of 20 nil uh for you it was, it was 15 do you think 15 now 15 oh i thought it was 20 okay no, it's 15 right, right, right um, the 15 so. so that is fake news because <laughs> it was not 15 and it was also not 20 it was actually the 17. year. It was the number of years that I've been alive. Twenty eight. Oh, Twenty eight. OK. Uh, so those of you doubting United, those of you doubting United, like El Paso fan, Jerry Murillo and Phoenix fan, Vagina Plaster. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> the vagina plaster is one of my favorite things ever invented on this podcast. And it's just hilarious. Um, oh, man. Whew. Okay. So rewind. I actually don't know what Earl's, what Earl thought pregame because he bailed on us last week. 4-0. He's saying 4-0, which was the same as me. And I just, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how we looked so aggressive and so crisp two weeks ago in the preseason. And then 
we go down there to face the fighting Ron Patels and we're scared for some reason. I, I, I don't understand. It just blew my mind. And it's still, even after rewatching it, I just watch it and go, what are we doing? Um, I, I don't know. All right. I have ways that or I have some things that I want to see next match, but we'll talk about that here in a bit. Um, so the only good thing that came out of this match was that we have decided to have uh, we as in me and Seth Earl just got dragged into it because he wasn't here last week. Um, we've decided to do a season long lineup prediction game challenge, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and so far, Earl sucks at it, uh, which makes me happy. Um, and I'm winning. So that was literally the only thing that came out of out of the first week that was any good. You know, you know who else sucks at like anything? Vagina plaster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Talking about our our little challenge there that we're doing. Um, you know, we, I had Tanari in my lineup and I think Jacob, you did as well. I think we all did now. Yeah. I think Earl might have as well. I don't remember Earl's off the top of my head, but it's because it was so bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I missed, I, I missed the, the start of that. Cause I was reading some comments in the chat. What were you saying? Oh, Jacob was just dissing your, your lineup and saying how bad. It no, was. before he dissed that, what were you saying? Oh, what was I saying? Um, I was saying we all had Tanari in there and you know, when we got the match notes from David Carl the night before Andrew wasn't listed, you know? And then, so obviously something came up either after that came out or Saturday morning to where Tanari hadn't, or Tanari wasn't able to able to play. Had he been able to, to be active for the match, do you think he would have actually been in that starting 11? Yes. Short answer. Yes. Um, he is he proved last year that he was one of the most important players on the pitch for us and because of that i think he had the fourth or fifth most minutes logged by a united player um and and you you could tell that him being gone when we have seen him in most of the preseason matches him being gone and azira taking his place when azira hasn't played much with these guys uh partly because he was gone for a while and then he, we just didn't see him there towards the end in, um, in the matches that we could watch anyways. And, and you could tell he just wasn't on the same page as everybody. He looked a step behind or a step ahead. He just, he wasn't connecting on offense. He was, he did good on defense. He, he was, he was stout defensively for the most part. It was just bad turnovers by him and Guzman left and right. Um, and, and so you put Tanari in there and I think it gives you a, a, much more consistent and better connection between the back line and the front line with the ball. Anyways, did I just hear you not praise JPG? I never praise him. I just don't slander him like you do. Like I was watching it when I rewatched the match. No, I was <laughs> I was watching it consistently, and he passed the ball backwards ninety percent of the time. And there were several times where he would get the ball and could turn and just would have acres of space in front of him and instead he passed it back and i kept screaming at my phone going what are you doing i understand how we want to play and i understand the slow build-up but without with him and azira both doing that and neither of them looking to attack 
it puts so much pressure that in like the 30th minute, you saw Amando start dropping way back to try to pick up the ball on on the RGV side of midfield to turn and go up. And it, because he had to do that, it took one of our better attacking players out of position where he could create more like we have seen in the past. And it just destroyed everything that we wanted to do offensively. And and it was really just hard to watch in that case. So, so no, I'm not praising him because I never have praised him. I've just said you slander him too much. Look, look, look. If there was a two-man sports Mount Rushmore based off of this podcast, yours would probably be Patrick Mahomes and freaking JPG. What are you talking about? Do you even listen to the podcasts? I don't understand. Real quick, guys. Real quick. Do listen to what you say. (laughs) Real quick. Wilker, real quick. We've got a gentleman in the chat, uh, Aaron Reeder. I I know him from Facebook. Uh, He asked us a question a long time ago, um, and and I don't want to lose him. So let's let's I want to talk about some positives since we've been semi negative on this thing. And then then you guys can do whatever you want to do. But he does ask, uh, what positives did you take away from that first match? And uh, and Seth, you haven't talked much. So um, I'm going to throw the ball to you and and let you talk about some positives if you have any, Mr. Boomer. So I, I saw the question from Aaron in chat. And, and Aaron, thank you so much for being here and, and throwing that question out to us. Um, when I saw when I saw your question, I kind of wanted to break it down to a couple different areas. You know, we've already been talking about the midfield a little bit here. And, you know, there are definitely some some negatives to, to look at for sure. You look at the press that RGV had and we just, we weren't hand, necessarily handling it well from watching how we were passing the ball from our movements, from our touches. It was just really hard to, to kind of get into it. And we saw something throughout the entire first half. You know, we kept, you know, we were talking about in our group text, the referee kept blowing his whistle. The, the, the pace of play kept stopping about every two or three minutes to play, play with stopping. And we know that's not something that we deal with very well at all. We never have. And I don't think that's, we necessarily will do, do that well, but I think we can make some adjustments there. And I think you saw that a little bit in the second half. You just, we adjusted a little bit more to the pace of play to how prevalent the whistle was in that match. And then I also think if you look at our, our defending. I think our defending was pretty good for, for much of the second half. And I think a lot of that has to do with, with, with Caitlin being back there. Caitlin's movements were really well. Austin had a fantastic match. I, I feel like Austin made a number of different plays throughout the match, uh, particularly later in the game that kept RGV from getting good looks or getting open chances inside the box. And so I think that's where our, our biggest positives are for me is there in that back three. It's particularly with the play of Austin. And I think that's just going to be tremendous for us going forward. Yeah. What about you, Earl? Uh, so there's a couple positives I saw on the field. Um, one, I mean, obviously we found out who goalkeeper is. That's a positive. Yeah. The fact that it was one fluke shot away from being a clean sheet. Because nine out of ten times that stupid damn shot does not go in as much as Jacob disagrees. Um, he also agrees that JPG's on Mount Rushmore. Um what a, <laughs> why am I getting attacked? I don't understand. Carry on. Carry on. Um the other positive I saw is that 
we didn't really give up. Even though we went down in the 65th minute, 66th minute, something around there. Um, we still kept trying. We still kept getting or attempting shots on goal. Um, we still kept pushing until we would do back passes and then just kill the entire vibe. Um, <laughs> I think the overall positive, positive right that now, I saw positive. was soccer's back. Yeah, I, that's a that's a great point. Is that we did get to watch an actual United match um, for the first time in in several months and um but other than that yeah Tambakis played his ass off and and we know my feelings well well you two do um the listeners if they're coming in late might not um but I am I'm I'm not not a Tambakis fan I just really really like Philip and really want him to shine and think that he can um so not seeing him start I was pretty disheartened and then seeing Tambakis have just an otherworldly performance, uh, it was obviously the right call to have him start. But but it does make me feel bad for for Big Phil over there and his uh, possible lack of a chance. My thing about Phil is I want to feel too, Reader. Um, Aaron, I did too. Um, I don't want him to go and become a Bambori where he shows he goes on loan to another club, plays his ass off out there, and then winds up signing with a different club. I mean, I love yeah. Phil to death. I, I want him to be our starter. But I'm, I feel like Alex is writing my script here because I like Alex. I mean, Aaron, I think Aaron is writing my script because I like Alex too. I mean, he's up for goal of the week, for save of the week. Um, If you guys haven't seen that, you yeah, guys he, need to go vote. He he could have had a couple other nominees for save of the week. Yeah. Uh, he, he played he his made, freaking ass he made off. A, yeah. He made a handful of fantastic, fantastic saves. And, and because of that, obviously I'm not upset with the fact that he was in there. Uh, it's just goalie is the one position that it seems to be like, you can't, you can't rotate people and keep both of them happy because putting in, Putting in a goalie for the first half and then a goalie for the second half in the regular season is just not how it works. Uh, you want continuity back there and you want consistency back there. And so because Alex got this start and he shined, it just makes me think that Phil's not going to be seen for a while, barring an injury or or just rest uh, for a match maybe, uh, which which does make me sad for Phil. But Alex was the... Alex and, Al, Alex and Yearwood were by far the two bright spots from this match. And then I think Brian Brown, he had, he had the one play him and Brucey got on the right page. It was in the 86th minute. Uh, Brucey, we got the ball back. Brucey ended up with it, played it through ball up over the top for, for Brown. Brown made a nice little cut back around a defender had a shot, pushed it just a little wide, but but you don't get that kind of stuff from Dev and Amando. You just don't. So his what's the word? What's the word? His explosiveness, his ability to create 
and strike quickly. You see it with Amando every once in a while, but Amando's not as imposing as Brian is physically and quickly. So I think both of them should be out there. And so I'm hoping that in this next match, we see Brian get a start because he's done nothing but impress me from the moment we've seen him in the preseason that we've actually seen him because that first preseason match, we couldn't really see him on, on YouTube, but those other two, he just, every time he got the ball, every time he was out there, he impresses me. He is kind of, uh, Kevon like in his divaness. It seems like from what I've seen his body language and, and his ability or his willingness to go down easily, which we saw a couple times, but I will take that if he's putting the ball in the back of the net for us. And I think if he's given the opportunity, he will do that. So so my three things are Alex, Austin, and Brian. See, and I'm not afraid that Brian didn't get the start. Um I'm not I'm not mad that if he wouldn't get the start. Um Brian's an incredible player, and I think he can bring that explosiveness in the second half when the club needs a leader and everyone else is tired and Dev needs a break, he can come in for Dev and not miss a beat. So he's Dev 2.0 where Dev goes off, Brian comes in, and we don't miss a beat, but we have that same that same leadership but, and goal-scoring ability. But to, to, to me, Brian is a player that needs to get into the rhythm of the game and needs more than 30 minutes to do that. I think if he if he's in there for 60 minutes or all 90 minutes, you see him better in control of the game and a better feel for his his teammates and what the defense is wanting to do. And and maybe you see that shot going to the back of the net if he's not coming in cold. So, who does he start over? Cuz I would have him over Dev. I was impressed with the lineup we had this week, but for him to take I was until we saw spot, it on the pitch. I was until we saw it on the pitch. Dev was a non-factor in this game. And now you can chalk that up to the midfield being so bad and not getting the ball up to those forwards and giving Dev a chance to hold up play and and do good things from there. But but Dev had a handful of touches. And very few of them were positive. So, and and we've had this talk for three seasons now, or two seasons and a match, that everybody loves Dev. I love Dev. He is a great person and a great player. I feel like we are at our best when he is not the main contributor up there. And I think that Kevon starting over him in several matches and we or in the first season and Kevon contributing with goals and then Dev coming in late or Kevon and Dev being up top together was it was better results of offensively than anything we've had since then. And to me, Brown is probably a stronger version of Kevon, just physically stronger. And I think that he needs to be up there either with Dev or instead of Dev. So maybe you do something with a formation change and drop drop uh, Mondo into a Cedro's spot and then have Dev and Brian up top or something. 
I, I'm not, I'm not a coach. You know, we talked about it last year with, with Dev and you talk about him or Troy possibly doing a, a tweak to the formation. Now I, where I think Dev really shines and has really shown has really happened here the first two seasons is you play him in that, you know, you may start with the two up top, but have him drop into that false nine role, give him the, you know, the, tell him to drop down, drop a little bit deeper to where he can take pos- take possession of it and then create chances for guys like Kevon, guys like Brian, and, and letting them get ahead and get those scoring opportunities more than Dev will. Now, that's not to say that Dev can't score goals. That's not to say that he, he can't finish, but I think that's where he really plays really well is in that false nine, you know, holding up, holding up possession, looking for guys and then playing the ball forward again for, you know, for those guys to finish the, to take those chances. And, you know, maybe we see that more. Uh, I don't dis, I don't, I don't dislike the idea, uh, idea of having Dev in there with really any of our other strikers. It's just a matter of feeding them number one. And then number two, maintaining that possession and creating those chances. You know, you talk about Brian and his, and his shot there towards the end of the match. That was probably the best opportunity we had had all night long. And Brian just, if he had waited, maybe, you know, maybe half a second longer, got his feet under him a little bit more. Cause it seemed, he, it seemed to me, he was a little bit off balance when he took that shot and didn't necessarily get a good strike on it. I think if he had done that, it would have been, it would have been in the net, you know, from, from the movement that he, it was made. actually our second best shot and our yeah, second and, shot. You think you think because so? Cello had that one early in the game that was right on frame, but yeah, actually, I think keeper. our best chance of the night was in the 36th minute. Uh, Yearwood, Yearwood clears the ball, it falls to Moreno in the midfield. Um, at that point, Moreno had just started to move back, so he picks it up right at the circle on our side and then turns and plays a perfect ball to Harry. And and the keeper just barely beat Harry to it, just barely, and, and smothered it. But if that is, if there's any any delay by the keeper, or if it's just if if Harry's just a touch faster to it, he can either square it to a wide open Dev, or get it up and over the keeper and in. Um, so that that was our best chance. And when I saw that, I got hopeful. But then from that point on. And most of the match before that, it was just nothing. So, do you think bringing do you think bringing Brian to start, obviously, um, over JPG or Cello, um, would help? No, I I don't think Cello come. I don't think Cello or or Juan Pablo Guzman come out. I I think they are both really good at what they do if they have somebody like Tanari next to them, or if you were to bring Amando down and have Brian up top with Dev and have Amando in that Weehan role from last year, where he's more of a, of a playmaker and more coming to get the ball and then pushing it up and then, and then doing good things from there. Whereas if you bring Brian in for cello or Juan Pablo Guzman, you you give up certain things that I think if you come if you bring him in for Dev, maybe you bring him in for for Isidro, or you you bring him in for Azira if Tanari is still going to be out and have Isidro move over to what Tanari would Tanari would do and then have Amando drop down to where Isidro was playing, 
I think I think there's a lot of different things that we can do. It's just a matter of if we do them and if it works. Because uh, I thought I was like everybody else when when I saw the lineup come out. I was like, yeah, I would change. I would tweak a couple things, um, but but I thought we were going to roll still, and it just it just didn't happen. So the best ideas can still fall flat once we actually get on the pitch. How much of this do you, how much of the loss do you attribute to the improved play? And and let's be honest, RGV did look a lot better than the last time we saw them, you know, two years ago. Um, Now this was the first time there was an actual like win, you know, win or loss in, in this series with them. How much of it do you attribute to the improved play of RGV? And how much do you attribute to us not being able to make plays when we needed to? So I, I think we were rusty. Um, obviously having Azir in there who's never played a game with us. So there was some rust is the worst. It's probably the worst word to say about it or to describe it. Um, I think RGV and the team and the squad that they've built I mean, they've literally built it from ground up. Three weeks ago, I think they had zero players signed. And then now they have a full squad and a new head coach. Um, So I think the improvements that Ron has made out there in Texas um, really speak volumes. Uh, I still don't think it's enough for them to contend. I think they just caught United on, on a bad night. Yeah, I think that uh, while they were better, they still lacked the quality that I feel like we should have. So to me, it was it was a lot. I actually look at this match and I think of a lot about the the first match from last year against Austin. Um, it was a match that we were all feeling positive going into. The team just looked kind of discombobulated. We give up a a penalty kick in that one. This one was kind of a fluke goal off a deflection. So similar situations there where you feel a little bit cheated by the fact that we gave up a goal. Um, And and then Austin ended up being a pretty good team, not a playoff team, but a pretty good team. And I could see RGV being the same way. I could see us. I, I should give them more credit than I am, I guess. But it just, it was an off night for United. It's something that we see every once in a while from them where they just they just don't have it, and you can almost tell from the get-go. Uh, it seems like if we don't get off on the right foot and score early, or at least threaten early, then the guys seem to change their mentality a little bit and get a little stiff and a little tight and a little, little nervous or whatever you want to call it. So... I feel like that's what happened here, and I feel like uh, the ship will be righted. I'm not, I'm not here sitting here saying that the the season's over. We might as well go home. Uh, it's just it was an off night, and RGV will be a tough out every time we play them. But, but I don't expect this result again. So I kind of want to follow up on the JPG discussion from a little <laughs> while ago. Why? <laughs> I, I pulled I pulled up his stats, and as we all know, the USL Championship website is absolutely terrible. 
And it's even worse now that you can't click on it. You know, you can't go to individual players pages, but since there's only been one match played, it's pretty easy to tell what JPG did on Saturday night. And he had 76 total passes. 20 of them went backwards by far the most on the team. Uh, I believe the next closest was nine from Josh Suggs of all people, but uh, JPG's distribution was actually fairly evenly distributed. 19 forward, 20 back, 16 left, 21 to the right. So uh, I, I think you are correct to say that it, when you're watching JPG, it did appear as though the, most of his passes did go backwards. But in the grand scheme of things, he was he was distributing the ball pretty evenly around the pitch. So you can't be too disappointed with that. Um but I, I definitely think that's something we don't want to see as much of as that ball going backwards. You want to see opportunities being created and move and going forward. You want to see guys having that forward movement and getting people out of position without having to reset the play as often. Um, but I, I think that's going to just about wrap it up for our recap of the RGV match. Of course, United did lose. I've got one more. Uh, Jacob, you got something else? One to more add thing. There? Um, I might have a, a new most hated player, um, as far as an opponent, okay. Rodrigo Lopez is a douche guys. He flat out kicked a Cedro in the nuts multiple times. Yes, we didn't even talk about that multiple times. Like you saw his foot move forward several times while it was right there. He obviously was trying to at least intimidate Isidro. And then not only that, just his antics all throughout the day were just freaking annoying. And um, he is he is now on the Salgado, Asante, Yuma, Yuma PC, uh, at the uh, pantheon of, of annoying-ass players to play. Yeah, that kind of blew up on a couple different places. You, know, you saw discussions over on Reddit and in our own chat, and I think on Facebook as well. The ref, the the assistant referee was standing right there. Yeah, right there. I mean, it was pretty obvious from watching the replay and even watching it live that that he clearly moved his foot forward or up into uh, cello, and it, it seemed pretty blatant to me. Like he could have easily just stepped over him, stepped out from between his legs, and gone on with the rest of his day, or just not move. Look, 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 but, look, look. He he was yeah. making a play First on the ball. Let him he get was up. making a play on the ball. Balls. He was making a play on the balls. Ball <laughs> balls. Tomato tomato. It just he just really annoyed me, and um, and I'm I'm happy that we get to face him three more times so that I can just hate watch the crap out of him. Um, for for three more matches as long as he plays in all of them, but other than that, I don't I don't really have anything else. There were there were some bright moments, but overall it was just sloppy. And and then the the refereeing was questionable. You touched on it a little bit. There were a lot of whistles in that first thirty minutes or so, and then the yellow cards. There were more yellow cards for for RGV, but the fouls were. I think 19 to 11 uh, in favor of RGV to where we had 19 fouls called on us. And man, they, they, you know, the, the play where Ryden gets popped in the face. That's just, that's just not a good play. 
Like, I don't understand what that guy was doing. What about the play where the goalie took down Swartz? No, that was fine. Like, I don't, I don't have an issue with that. The, the keeper came off his line, made a play on the ball. So you mean to tell me, had we'll even play it nowadays, had Alex Tumbakas do that, did that at the lab against hell? We'll put Phoenix in there. There's not a penalty called. No, I don't think so. I mean, no, he he clearly plays the ball. Yeah, there's never penalty calls on goalies in those situations. Even if he gets there before the ball or or whatever, it it just doesn't happen. So I and I you bring it up surprises me because I hadn't thought about it one bit. And I watched that play three or four times to see exactly what happened in it yesterday when I rewatched the match. So. No, I, I don't have a problem. And in fact, while we move on to the next topic, I'm going to look it up because I, I I vividly recall not caring whatsoever about it. But now you got me curious if I look at it again, if I'll be like, oh, my gosh, yeah, you're right. You know, I'll be honest, it, it doesn't necessarily look great by how Harry goes down, but clean play. He gets the keeper gets their head of them, plays the ball. I, yeah, I, I had it up just now again, looking through the highlights over on UCLChampionship.com. But yeah, clean play. I don't have an issue with it. But um, All right, moving forward, El Paso is next. Uh, El Paso has not played a single match yet this season. This will be their season opener for them. Now, historically speaking, United and El Paso has been has always been a very chippy uh, I think that's the easy, the, the, the nice way to say it, a very chippy uh, matchup between the two clubs. Now, there are still some familiar faces down in El Paso. Earl, what are you expecting from this? Are you heading down to El Paso by, uh, by any chance to, to watch this one? So I'm not heading down to El Paso um, as much as I'd love to. It ain't happening. But what do I expect out of this match? I expect it to be dirty. I really do. Judging by the way the fans are already, and El Paso fans are probably worse than Phoenix fans. Um, El Paso fans are, are just ridiculous. Um, they've already started their stupidness, and of course they did. Uh, Jacob's buddy, Jerry, or whatever his, his name is down there, decided to start... No, Jacob, you can't deny it. Look, I know you guys drink coffee together and you guys have donuts I don't even know the guy. and whatnot. You guys share you guys share beer recipes and shit like that. Look, it's it's okay. It's okay. I understand. Quite frankly, I don't I like don't the guy. I don't feel very united with you right now, Earl. Uh he's an annoying fan. <laughs> <laughs> he's an yes, annoying yes. fan. And it's just I, I don't even know why I get started with him on Facebook. I really don't. Him and you just can't stay away from him and vagina plaster. It's just they're just magnets for you. And then you just get so angry that you see red and start talking out of your ass and it's hilarious. So yeah, so my takeaways it or my upcoming takeaways is it's gonna be a, a nasty game and I hope for the best. Yeah, you heard it here. Earl is brimming with brimming with confidence there. Um, it sounded like he was about to cry when he said the last sentence there. I I, I don't know how chippy it'll be this one. It, it'll probably be pretty chippy. They still got Yuma over there. Um, There's still bad blood. 
the fans though the fans yeah their fans are always they still have a penis for nah, a goalkeeper oh, i love that guy uh, I, lo- I love making fun of him anyways um <laughs> it's gonna be a good one I-, I think we see a different united team i think we see a more aggressive united team and uh i think it's gonna be fun so i just pulled up last year's calendar last year's schedule and as we know, we played El Paso five times last year. In those five matches, there were 29 yellow cards. Yep. Been five matches. So there is no love lost between these two teams. For the most part, you know, a lot of our guys that ha- that are still with the club have gone through this with El Paso the past two years. Now, I think some of the, some of the more prevalent bad blood so to speak was you know from like santi and yuma and things like you know stuff like that but it's definitely going to be i think this is one of the usl like Mm -hmm. matches to watch uh for the month of for the month of may and i think it has the makings of potentially being one of those looking at this match what does united have to do to come away with three points down in el paso score goals yeah they got it they got to be more offensive minded. Um, uh, but, but I think what I, if I have to pinpoint one thing, the midfield has to be better. El Paso's midfield has always been solid, has always been good. And, and I don't expect that to change this year. So if United wants to come away with three points or even one point for that matter, um, the midfield has to be better. Because I expect if the midfield plays like it did against RGV, we lose by multiple goals, and it's not really close. Uh, unless you have some outstanding individual performances up top from Brian or Amando or even Dev, uh, where we get a couple goals, it's it would it would take that level of greatness from them in order for us to get points if the midfield does not look better. And and I think two things will happen. I think we either see Tanari or we see a different set of the three uh, central midfielders there. And and then I do think whatever the change is, there is at least some more attacking mindset, obviously not from Juan Pablo Guzman. Um, He will always be the backward King, but from anybody else that they put in there, I think they're going to have to look to attack more. I, I don't think you can have Juan Pablo and Azira in there again. And I agree with you. Um, obviously, you have to attack. You have to, especially with El Paso. I mean, they're a high-powered team. I mean, they constantly score goals. They did it in preseason here. They've done it in in postseason against us. They've done it in regular season against us. They they constantly score goals. Um, but I think the main takeaway is you cannot get flustered and let the refs decide the game for you. Um, the moment you start playing into the ref and begging the ref for this call and begging the ref for that call and doing this stupid call and just letting the refs control your game, that's when you lose it. Especially in a emotional game like this where we always play them, they're literally half a day's worth trip for us to go visit them. Um, the fact that they're so close and so closely competitive with us 
makes it even better. Um, so yeah, so my my takeaway for that one is you can't let the you can't let the ref decide who wins the game. Much like us, Mark, you know, El Paso's a club. They have you know Mark Lowry, who's in his third season. They retained a lot of their roster from last year. You know, obviously there are going to be some names that people are, are familiar with: Ketterer, Rebellion, Salgado, uh, Michak, Jerome, and some others. Who is who are the impact players for El Paso, and who do you see matching up well against them? Jacob, let's start with you. Well. This is how little I pay attention to El Paso until we play them. I have no idea what they did this offseason. Um, <laughs> I I thought I knew. I had some ideas. Uh, and then you asked me that question, and my mind just went completely blank. So I'm going to pass it off to Earl real quick while I take a look at their roster. <laughs> well, that's good, because you better get some quick internet, because I have a quick answer. Who cares? <laughs> of course. Of course. It's El Paso. Who cares who they added, what they added? They could add a damn meteor for all I care. It's not going to change my opinion of them. Um, I 100% believe we're still the better team. And the mess that happened last Saturday was opening game jitters. That's all it was. Every great team loses their opening game more than one time. More than one time in a row. I mean, a freaking Super Bowl team, Giants, Giants Super Bowl team, lost their first four, lost their first first five games, and went on to beat Tom Brady. Okay, I, I, okay. So you're comparing this to the Giants. That's fantastic. <laughs> that, that That's is a insane. great reach there. Um, okay. So so I've got their roster pulled up. Uh, it's very similar. Uh, very similar. I did remember that they uh, added Solniak from San Antonio, which uh, is, is a good pickup up there in the forward position. But I, I think I think it's going to come down to Dylan Mares, who's played with them. I know he was with them last year. I don't remember the first year. I think it was just last year. Um, and then another guy that's on my Mount Rushmore of annoying ass players to play, not Yuma, but Mr. Richie Ryan. Um, he seems to get under United skin quite a bit. And, and I think between him and Yuma, if he starts and then a, a guy that I, I don't like to give credit to any El Paso players. But um, Macaulay King really, really impressed me in a lot of our matches with him. Uh, as a he's a defender, if you didn't know that, guys. Um, he he played really well, and he's not annoying. So if if I have to pick a player on El Paso that I don't absolutely hate, it is definitely him. But uh, other than that, it's going to be the normal guys. It's going to be Ryan. It's going to be Mata's. Uh, I don't know who's going to start for them up top. They have uh, Cario up there as well, and they've got a uh, they they've got a lot of talent up there for their style of play. Uh, their players wouldn't fit in our style, I don't think, but um, it, it's going to be interesting. Chapa Herrera's over there still. It, it's a lot of the same names, guys. It's a lot of the same people that just 
so annoying. It, it, what it means is that Seth is going to have to write about the same players for a total of nine times uh, in the last two years when all this is said and done. So have fun with that, Seth. <laughs> yeah, we, we've definitely talked about that. And that's, again, that's one of the negatives for the way the schedule is, but we're happy to have football. So that, that's the big takeaway. We're happy to have that. Yeah. You mean, you guys mentioned some of these, some of these names, Dylan Mars, Richie Ryan, Yuma, uh, Matt King. I mean, they, El Paso has some talented players and this series has always been very back and forth. No one's really dominated the other, the other side. Now we did take a four, one win over them in the preseason. Um, I don't know how much of that, you know, was Academy. Was it new signings? Was it younger people? Uh, was it a full on, you know, 90 minutes of first teamers? We, we don't know. We don't know all the details of that match, but I think this weekend is going to be a lot of fun to watch. If you haven't watched this series so far, I mean, last year we went one, two and one with them. Um, it's going to be so much fun. I, I can't wait to see it. Um, for me, I think it's going to be just looking at the roster without seeing, having seen them in action yet. Uh, Dylan Morris is someone that, is going to create issues for us in the midfield. We have to be able to contain him and prevent him from getting open looks because he can shoot and he can shoot from a distance. And we don't, you know, we don't want to see that happening. Yeah. So I'm, I missed something there. Did you say we beat them four one in the preseason? Uh, yeah, no, we lost two to one. Two one. It was the very first what? preseason match and we lost oh. two to one. Why did I see four one? I have no maybe idea. They was looking at maybe an academy. Maybe that was last year. I saw four one somewhere. Yeah, it was it was two to one them. Oh, that was uh, last season. Ah, okay, it was two My to bad. two to one them in the preseason. Trying, yeah, um, which was the match that that I believe Earl was at, and we could watch it on Facebook, but it was that low camera angle from like the back of a truck that that didn't really lend itself to to letting us actually see anything. So um, it's going to be tough. So, so to go off of, to go off of the preseason, it was an Academy player that scored. And actually I believe it was two Academy players that scored because it was one unnamed one. And then one actual Academy kid that had a name. Um, the, the kid had a name too. We just didn't know it. No, they said unnamed Academy kid. Oh, sorry. His, his birth certificate is just blank. Poor kid. Like that's exactly what Lucas Cash. Yeah. So his 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 stat sheet is blank. Whoever the unnamed kid is, good job. Um, good thing you won't be playing us in the regular season. Um, it was a one time show, so that makes me a little bit more cheerful for what's coming up because there's the academy kids that are not scoring on us. Earl with the hot takes, man. He just. Hot take king over here. I don't even know. I don't even know where to go with that, Seth. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) We try to have nice little segues. Normally Seth is the segue king over here. And and Earl just has him so (laughs) flustered with his brilliant analysis that that Seth's just like, yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, no matter how you look at it, this is going to be... I think this is going to be a telling match. I think these are, I think between us and El Paso, and we've talked about it, I think we are going to be two of the playoff bound teams when all is said and done here in the Mountain Division. 
El Paso is going to be tough no matter no matter how many times you play him a season is what once twice four times five times a season it's always going to be a tough out it's always going to be a very physical match and I think we need to have the presence of mind to not fall into that not get sidetracked and disrupted by the physicality and there's going to be disruptions in play we we know that we've got to overcome that we've got to find a way to stay motivated stay active and create more opportunities for our guys in the middle and up top and i think that's going to be the key for us so we talked about you know how potentially moving moreno down to like a cam position and that's kind of where i had him in my lineup the other day and i think you know you mentioned that we hand roll that, that we have spot on the pitch, you know, coming out of the, out of the midfield. And I think cello, whether you have cello there or you have Moreno coming out of that spot, I think it's going to be fantastic for either of them, you know, giving the opportunity to create and not only for themselves, but for everybody else. So I, I, yeah, I can't wait to watch this match. Uh, Scoreline predictions. Earl, what do you think? Three, two. Us for them. <laughs> Come on, it's us. Yeah. Earl would never pick El Paso. El Paso could be the best team in the Premier League, and we would be playing them, and he would say, nah, 4-0, us, no matter what. Look, I'm, I am actually hoping that Fe- or El Paso does not even show up. Well, uh, well, we're going down there, so I think they'll be there. But, uh, um, yeah, this one I, I struggle with. Um, I went from being so confident to being completely flummoxed and lost. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the pessimistic one and go two two, uh, and say it's a it's a classic two two draw with with El Paso because we seem to do that a lot. All right, so lots of lots of goals is what you guys are saying. That, that's my big takeaway from from y'all's predictions and. While I'm hoping we get a lot of goals, I'm not entirely convinced after the RGV performance that we see score lines, you know, like that three, two, two, two. I don't, I'm not convinced yet. I want to be positive. I want to say we will go down to El Paso and we get three points. I don't think we do though. I think it ends up being two one El Paso. Oh, I thought I was being a pessimistic one. And then Baby Boomer over here has to come in and just slice <laughs> our legs out from under us. Uh, I I could I could see this match. The fact that the three of us have three different predictions for this match is really indicative of of the fact that anything could happen in this match. Uh, every time we play El Paso, that's what happens. It is it is a complete question mark as to what the result's going to be and it could go any which way. So, you know, I, I could see it being two, one, I could see it being two, one, either way, three, two offensively, unless we just flip a switch, um, isn't, isn't probably isn't going to happen. Yeah. I've, I've talked at a bunch this preseason about how we've scored, we scored three or more goals once last year. Uh, and then what we saw against RGV, not uh, not not leading me to believe that the three goal mark 
is close. But I could see a two-two. I could see I, I could see an own goal in there for somebody. I could see I I. I could see anything. I could see red cards. I could see it finishing with nine men for both teams out there. <laughs> I could see a number of different things. So, so the fact that we don't agree, because typically we do on, on predictions, at least the winner is just, it just screams to, to the unpredictability of these matches with El Paso. Yeah. So if, if you're like us, sit down Saturday night, watch that match uh let me make sure i've got the time right here that is saturday may 8th it looks like a 7 30 p.m mountain yes, time sir. kickoff so obviously espn plus be sure to check that out um the match notes from last week said that the match was going to be broadcast on the 117 the team but i don't believe after some comments from uh andy hageman that they won't be back until the home opener so um so saturday night 7 30 ESPN plus before we close out our New Mexico United section of the show, there was some club news that came out this week, two more Academy signings, Taylor Rogers and Steven Romero, uh, two more local kids, uh, Albuquerque natives, both of them, the 21st and 22nd signings to the Academy respectively. Uh, the cl- I don't know how many more kids are going to add to the Academy. I mean, at least now they can do a true 11, 11 aside, uh, training match. So, That'll be fun to see. Um, and I don't remember. I think they might have another match coming up soon. I don't have that schedule here in front of me, but um, keep an eye on the Academy, see what they're going to do. And then also it's been announced that later this week, I believe the club is unveiling a new away kit sponsor. Saturday morning. Um, Saturday morning. There you go. You can, I believe you can see that uh, in per, uh, in person down at the Civic Plaza, correct? Is it... I I think they're having the something club. at the store was, first. Yeah. yeah at the store, you okay. the store the first. Club, and then... At the store. And then you could wear it because you could buy the kit and then you could wear it at the Civic Plaza that afternoon. Okay. Which. Okay. Club, I, I kind of got my free. signals crossed there a little bit because I, cause, uh, I know they've been pushing the Civic Plaza stuff as well, which apparently is, I, I guess, did really well last weekend. Uh, so it's, excited to see that happening. Again. It's a pretty fun place to watch a match. I didn't watch this one, but I watched the Minnesota Open Cup match back in in 2019, and and the screen is giant. It's clear. Um, it, it's a good atmosphere. It's fun. So so I think that's like the perfect place to to do these socially distant match or socially distant watch parties. It's outside in the open air. You can have plenty of space. Uh, I think it's a it's a great option, and and I wish I could be there. Uh, I won't be there this coming Saturday. I probably won't make it for a few Saturdays because every Saturday that we're actually out of town, I'm on call, so I can't leave Fort Sumner. So uh, it's it's not a bummer though because it means that I can actually go to the home matches which I'd rather be at the home match at the lab than a watch party at Civic Plaza, no matter how nice Civic Plaza is. So yeah, at 8 o'clock Saturday, they should be announcing, they will be announcing the the new kit sponsor. Um, you said away kit. Is this known for sure? Because I have not seen anything about it being a home or away kit for sure. And uh, it it makes me wonder 
if Meow Wolf isn't going to be the away kit sponsor now, since we've already seen them in a Meow Kit away kit already. Um, and then whoever the new one is would be the home one. But I don't know. My guess is that Meow Wolf stays as the home kit. And then since Crane Shares is no longer going to be the away kit sponsor, that's that's why I'm making the the assumption that it's going to be a new away kit. Uh, right. Predictions on who that uh, new sponsor is going to be. I know that Dion's Pizza has been teasing a little something with the club. So I, I think it's Dion's. That's me. But uh, is, are there any other possibilities as to who this new sponsor could be? Well, real quick on the on the away kit home kit thing. I think that crane shares was the away kit because it was more of a global brand. Now that Meow Wolf is in Denver and Vegas and, and not just in New Mexico, I could see them broadcasting that at away matches since there's multiple places that they could go. And then having something like Dion's or, or something along those lines that's more local, which they've already said it's going to be local, um, be on the home kit. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I just assumed since we saw the Meow Wolf on the away kit already, maybe that was indicative of of the fact that it was just going to be Meow Wolf on the yellow kits from now on. But Earl, your guesses? Either, obviously, Dion's, because that's kind of like the unanimous vote right now. Um, but I think that they'd go with like new send a credit union or something super local. Yeah, I'm not, I, I've seen a bunch of guesses out there on Facebook. Um, and, and the consensus seems to be between Nusenda, Dion's, Sandia Casino and Blake's. I have seen nothing recently anyways to indicate Blake's is is out there so they seem like they would come out of left field other than i know we had the cups um i think in 2019 uh blake's did some united cups in fact i'm not drinking from one tonight but i usually drink from one on the show um but i don't see it being blake's i don't see it being nusinda uh they've had sponsorship deals not with front of jersey sponsors but first financial credit union uh, is obviously was obviously a big deal in the Minnesota flight a couple years ago, um, and I don't know. I just don't. I, I'm not feeling that one. And then Dion's and Sandia. Dion's a couple weeks ago or last week they said that on the 13th they're going to be announcing something they've got cooking up with United. Well, this isn't the 13th, so I don't I don't know if it is them or not. So my guess, TLC. and I'm not, I, I think they're paying enough in sponsorships for everything else that they're getting shouted out for. So, so I don't know. It's it to me, it's Dion's or Sandia, and I'm hoping it's Dion's. I would much rather see a Dion's logo on the front of a kit than a Sandia Casino, um, logo, just because I don't feel like casinos need uh, exposure. <laughs> as much as like a restaurant would, especially in times of COVID. So hopefully it's Dion's, but I, I my gut is saying it's Sandia. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what's going to happen there. My favorite guess on Facebook was uh, Ron Bell. Um, 
the attorney. <laughs> I, somebody commented that, and I thought it was freaking hilarious. So that that was my favorite out of the out of left field. There were some people that said the candy lady and and some other stuff, but but my favorite was definitely Ron Bell. I mean, are there any other local businesses that you can think of that would be a big enough name that they could go out and do something like that? Not really, to to be completely honest. It's uh, some people said Electric Playhouse, but but I was told from the New Mexico United Facebook operator, whoever that is, that Electric Playhouse is strictly a third kit sponsor. So that means we're going to have three kits and three different sponsors, which is interesting to me. But um, other than that, I can't... I, nothing else sticks out to me. I don't know. Yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, again, Saturday morning, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then you know, whatever happens next week with Dion's... Uh, you know, it does say something just ahead of the home first home match. So I don't know. The club is pretty good about, uh, I, I think all the, the reveals that the club has done have, have been pretty, have been well done. And I think that no matter what happens, I think we're, I think people are going to be excited about it. That's just my take. Yeah. There was another one for Bosky brewing company or, or Santa Fe brewing company or, oh, or marble. Um, yeah. so I could, I could see a brewery, being in there um i, I think also seeing x novo yeah that that was that one was thrown out there but i think they're probably too small at this point i don't know what a front of jersey sponsorship costs but i imagine it's a it's a lot so bosky is a little bit bigger santa fe is a little bit bigger um marbles marbles a pretty big deal so i could see one of them i don't know if it'd be x novo uh there was a comment that I also really liked that was Allsup's. I think an Allsup's logo on the front of a kit <laughs> would be comical at least. Uh, don't know if it if it'll actually happen. And then another one said Dogecoin, which I thought uh, thought was funny, even if it's not local. Lots of good guesses out there. Lots of interesting guesses. Again, just have to wait and see what happens uh, this Saturday. So uh, lots going on with the club. A lot to talk about. We're going to be talking about United again. Uh, over the weekend, um, we have tossed around the idea of maybe doing a watch along. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to figure that out. Um, but I think that'd be a fun way to do it. Uh, we've done, again, we definitely have things planned for if we can be out at the lab starting next weekend when Austin Boulder in town. Uh, Jacob, before we get off, before we end this first half of our show, have we? Do we have any updates from the club as far as? Uh, being out there at the lab? So nothing yet. Um, I imagine it'll be much like the preseason. It was the week of that it started getting thrown out there and and emails back and forth, going back and forth. So still not sure there. Hopefully, I, I don't think we'll be shut out uh, as far as media passes, but it's just a matter of if we can get all three of us in there or at least two of us in there. Um, I, I don't want it to be two of us or one of us because then it, then um, some feelings could be hurt and some punches th- could be thrown <laughs> as far as who gets to use them. So I'm hoping we just get three and that's it. And we don't have to worry about it. Um, I would like four. I have a photographer that uh, I've been in contact with that 
that does sports photography that I would really like to, to get out there. But, um, if we could at least get three, uh, I'd be happy. Two would be okay. One would suck. Uh, and I don't think zero is an option. So I'm not even, I'm not even going to fathom the chance that we get shut out completely. Somebody also on Facebook, this was recently, I didn't see this one said rude boy cookies. Um, which I think also would be a pretty cool sponsor. Um, and, and they just moved into a bigger building and they are definitely New Mexico, small company in New Mexico. So they might be a little too small, but Hey, I don't know yet. Yep. And one last thing to mention before we do close out this portion, because of the new, uh, COVID reopening framework that, uh, is out there now, the lab will be open at 50% capacity and the social distancing guidelines, I believe have been reduced to three feet. So there have been significantly more tickets made available to the public for the, at least the first, first couple matches. And I haven't seen a total number, but again, I think they're, I think you're planning on 50% capacity, which is going to be a, a whole lot of fun to hear. I know the club was looking to add 600 more tickets each, each game. And I know the isotopes were added 900. Um, with that being said, I did look at ticket prices and someone hiked up the prices. I hadn't, I hadn't looked at. Yeah, I, I don't know. What to tell you about. I hadn't that. looked at prices this year. I looked at availability when the first round of tickets were for sale uh, before they sold out the first time. But um, I, I'm not gonna be mad at it. Like, yeah, they lost eight games worth of revenue, or actually, technically, they lost sixteen games worth of revenue last year. So making up a, a little bit of that at least by raising the tickets is is necessary probably in order to to make things happen so um they'll still sell out uh, they'll they do a good job of charity and giving tickets away and and doing things like that so i i'm sure we'll see some of that this year as well so so i'm not worried about that it's it's going to be a a loud atmosphere no matter who's there well they did they did start that new charity already. They did already start that new charity too. Yeah, that's not a charity. Get that's... the vaccine, get your ticket. We're not going to go that way. If you get your vaccine, yes, that's not charity. You get a free that's ticket. Not... That is though. It's not. It's not. It's like that's like the Pepsi cans for Cliffs. Like, bring this Pepsi Pepsi can and get a free ticket to Cliffs when you buy one. That's that's what that is. It's just. <laughs> A vaccine instead. What if this the kit sponsors Cliffs? I saw that on there too, and I that'd be cool. I like the Cliffs logo because to me, it, half of it is sponsorship, and then half of it is what it would look like on a kit. <laughs> because for soccer, your kit is your front of jersey sponsor. Like that is that is what makes or breaks the kit. That's why we have some of the best kits in the world. Is that that electric playhouse one that Earl is so awesomely rocking tonight, which, which I didn't know that you would, is that, that's not the tight one, is it? You got to, you got to returned it and got the other one. I got, I got it resized. Good, good. Um, like that, that is an awesome front of kit sponsor as is Meow Wolf. Uh, the crane shares one while being random to me, uh, looked nice. So 
I, I, I think that the majority of the kit is the front of kit sponsors. So when I'm thinking about this, I'm like, I don't want to see Nucinda. I don't want to see Blake's. I, d- I don't want to see. I really don't want to see Sandia's, even though their logo is actually pretty crisp with the little hummingbird. Um, I, I want to see that. I want to see that red Dion's font across the front of the black kit with the yellow Zia symbol coming down the side and the yellow tops up here. I think that would look spot on. But uh, I don't know how I got back to front of kit sponsors. Uh, oh, yeah, it was because they're all said cliffs. Um, what were we talking about? Ticket sales. That's what we were talking about. Damn it, Earl. Um, I... It's nice that they're opening them back up, opening back up sales, selling a few more spots. Uh, the more the more people in there, the louder it's going to be, and the more emotion that's going to be there, which honestly could help or hurt the club. Um, I would not be surprised if it was an opening day loss at home just because the emotions are so heavy in there, but we'll see what happens this week, and then I'll make my official prediction next week. All right, there you have it, folks. That's going to conclude our New Mexico United discussion for this week. Jacob, get us out of here, and then we'll get we'll be right back to uh, do some NFL draft review. Well, we'll be right back in person. Uh, for those of you listening on the podcast, be on the lookout for it in a couple days, um, and then you can pick up right where we're going to leave off. So, guys, as always, it's a pleasure talking United with you. It's uh, it it was awesome to have Aaron Reader in the chat. Um, talking about it he agreed with us on almost everything so i don't know if that's saying more good things about us or some bad things about him uh well the only time will tell with that i guess so if you're listening to this and you want to be a part of it we're live on youtube every tuesday night at 9 30 we will have the united discussion off the bat uh right off the bat so you can get your united questions in and and listen to Earl and I and Seth, well, Earl and I make asses of ourselves and Seth be the baby boomer of the group. So, um, or the curmudgeon, whatever you want to call him. But yeah, come and come and listen to us, come and watch us, come and interact with us. We like that. Um, it, it shows that, that we're not just talking to ourselves, uh, that there are people that enjoy our content and, and in order for us to know that again, even more, you know, rate and review us on the podcast player, uh, like, and subscribe and hit the bell uh, on YouTube. Oh, Earl's going to chime in here. Yes, Earl. Make that bell red. Okay. Uh, Earl, with you you couldn't, if you couldn't see it, if you just watched this, uh, Earl leaned in real close to his mic and said that semi-seductively, and it made me very uncomfortable. But uh, hit the bell, get notifications when we go live. It'll remind you every Tuesday night uh, at 9.30 that we're going live, and you can hop on. And then uh, other than that, man, check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all Somos Unidos Mas, or Somos Mas NM. Um, and then we also have a Somos Mas NM podcast, uh, Somos Mas NM pod on Twitter. Um, and then, yeah, you can check out Seth and Earl on Twitter. Uh, all of us are on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I don't know if the other two are. Um, and, uh, yeah. And we will have, we will also have email addresses um, 
I, I got my no, my email the other day to set it up. I just haven't done it. But eventually you will be able to email us at our first name. So Seth Earl or Jacob at SomosMossNM.com. So we love to hear from you. We love to see you in the the watch along with us on if we do a watch along this weekend, you we love to see you there. Otherwise, check us out next Tuesday night, like I said. And until next time, guys, somos unidos. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and weekly discussions from around the world of sports. Each episode is recorded live on Tuesday nights on our YouTube channel and goes live on podcast platforms around the world later in the week. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bedoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using Zencaster and Audacity.